Well, hello, EKN Nation, and welcome to This Week in Carding, episode 49, September 14th, 2022. My name is David Cole. I am joined by editorial assistant Nate Dean as we are providing you with another podcast, including all the major news that hits the EKN homepage for the last essentially couple weeks because we haven't done one since August 24th, 2022. That was episode 48. So it's been a little bit since me and you have had a chance to do a podcast. Again, this podcast is perfect for listening on the way to work or coming home, your uh, morning or afternoon commutes, or while working out in the shop and uh, or heading to the racetrack. And that's something that uh, we'll be doing here in the next 24 hours, both me and you <laughs> as we're ready to head to Newcastle Motorsports Park for the USPKS finale here. Uh, again, this episode, episode 49, is presented by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866 866- 607 race r-a-c-e that's 7223 so nate dean episode number 48 it's been a couple of weeks since you've been on the podcast you ready to go with this one yeah definitely a lot of stuff to talk about i know we at the end of last one we touched upon more series will be releasing their 2023 calendars and i know we're going to be starting off the show with talking about that so a lot of news to cover yes but first let's get into uh some updates regarding some breaking news regarding the supercar 2 usa super nationals 25 uh they announced uh recently on september 12th so just two days ago uh they will be expanding the pro shifter category to 88 drivers now uh looking back if i recall and it's something i put on facebook I, we have not seen this amount of pro shifters again that the the headline shifter category reaching this amount of numbers since 2006 back when gary carlton won his first uh, super nationals uh, victory back at the sam boyd stadium in <laughs> las vegas nevada so it's been some quite some time uh nearly what 16 years since we've seen uh this amount of shifters in the headline category yeah, and I think as shifter cart racing, apart from in Scusa, is kind of starting to struggle a little bit with numbers, it's good to see that there is demand for drivers who want to come run Vegas, run the biggest karting race in North America, it being super national. So it's good to see that there is interest and in that the pro shifter category is being expanded to those 82 slots. Yeah. And again, we've, we, we, yeah, 88, we've seen, uh, you know, we've seen big numbers. We used to have a really solid S2 program. You know, they had actually, they were expanded to almost 88 drivers at one time. I want to say that was in the early 2010s, uh, when we were still at the Rio, uh, with when we had S1 and S2, and then we would still have KZ. So we still had a lot of shifter carts, but it was all split up in three different categories, two different engine packages, <clears throat> excuse me. I think now with the, you know, the kind of the focus of it's almost, you know, with Scusa allowing the KZ program, it's welcome. It's, it's the worldwide market now, you know, where it, before it was just focused on the IAMI program, there wasn't a lot of people, your international drivers that were too keen on, on, 
on racing an engine platform they never race all season long so i think that might have something to do with it um and then also you know just again i think shifter car racing and whole as a whole is kind of getting a little bit more popular now uh you know it's it's kind of wide open in terms of all the different manufacturers you know you have crg up front you have uh tony cart you have magic cart you have all the Burrell art you have all the different uh manufacturers that uh have an opportunity to be uh competitive i think that that kind of helps in that what what are your thoughts on on why you think there's such a growth now compared to maybe 2019 i don't know i think with all things in carding there's just kind of this curve and flow of when things are popular or not i think we've seen shifter cart racing especially kind of go through a low as of recent years maybe with you can tie back to the pandemic and it being a fairly costly way to go racing and karting and now that we're recovering that people are willing to step into that category who knows but i think it's just the ebb and flow of what classes are popular and right now obviously shifter carts are on the rise yeah and i i would expect to see a lot of international drivers now there too as you said, with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, travel is not an issue for international drivers now, either leaving their country or coming here into the United States. So, But Pro Shifter is not the only category that's going to be big, Nate. There's a there's a number of categories already sold out for, for this year's event. Yeah, so as you said, K Junior, X30 Junior, and Mini Swift are all sold out at the moment. All of those are watching, if you have watched the Scusa Pro Tour, this season all of those have put on some incredible racing so seeing those already sold out and still have some time to the event is good to see good for numbers and then micro swift and k100 master is also set to sell out yeah it's interesting k100 master you know we've kind of focused on that the last month or so with uh ekn's rob howden racing in that category as we were at summer nationals there was literally zero drivers signed up uh, for that category. And now we're <laughs> looking at possibly selling out at 44 drivers. So that's a really cool program. I, and it's glad to see that the the promotion we did for that category helped stir up the, uh, the, the motive, become the motivation for a lot of drivers to come race that event. And yeah, as you said, I'm, I'm shocked to see X30 junior sell out because that category, um, you know, hasn't been one of the more popular ones, but I would think that there's going to be a lot of drivers doing double duty, both K100 Junior and X30 Junior as well, so that'll be interesting to see and and how kind of how things sh- shake out and and again, I think this is going to be one of those one of the super nationals you don't want to miss whether you're you're there to compete or whether you want to just come in on Friday and hang out for the entire weekend and and make sure you're there for the Super Sunday action because I think it's going to be amazing amazing event to uh, to watch. Yeah, if if you're on the West Coast and you have nothing going on that weekend. For sure, make your way over, even if yeah. you're not on the West Coast and you're. Yeah, just I was going to say East Coast. I'm sure there's a lot of cheap flights to Vegas around that time, being Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, looking at flight prices right now, it doesn't seem too outrageous. So that it could be again. I've, I've talked to a lot of people who have never been to the Super Nationals before. And I'm like, this is the one you got to go see, even if you're just going to go watch. You need to get out there Friday night and then hang out through Sunday, Super Sunday, and leave Sunday night if you have to. But uh, because the event is going to be phenomenal, so can't wait. Yeah, speaking and- of speaking of phenomenal, one of the uh, the top programs here in the United States and North America to begin with, the Challenge of the Americas program. They have actually announced their 2023 dates, which will start in the month of February for this upcoming the 16th season of the program. Nate, what are the dates that uh, they've selected for this upcoming season? <laughs> 
So we've got three weekends so far. The first two going at the start of the month time. So that'll be February 3rd through 5th for the first weekend. Second weekend will be March 3rd through 5th. And then be wrapping up their season on April 14th through the 16th. Yeah, and as of right now, they've they've announced the facilities, uh, but they're not again 100% confirmed based on contracts having not been completely signed and and done deal. But they're talking at Cal Speed for the February weekend, Phoenix for March, and then wrapping things up in Sonoma in April. So again, very similar racetracks that we're used to with the Challenge in the Americas program, and then starting out in Cal Speed, I think that's really going to help the numbers. You know, we saw some record numbers in 2021 and 2022 and Speed is certainly among those facilities that will help bring numbers and then being in the month of february i think will certainly help people will certainly have that itch to want to go racing and a little bit later start again typically they start in the month of january and work through maybe the end of march but uh now uh you know andy saisman he's been working with a lot of the programs especially the winter ones uh, including Supercars USA, the Rock Cup USA, Florida Winter Tour, making sure everybody's working together to try and stay off each other's dates or schedule around each other. So that way there's the opportunity for everybody to compete at uh, all the different number of events. Of those three racetracks, Nate, Cal Speed, Phoenix, or Sonoma, I know you haven't been, well, maybe you've been to Phoenix, I'm not quite sure. Uh, which which of those three would be the racetrack you'd want to go to? Phoenix. <laughs> without Why? a doubt phoenix without a doubt phoenix you, you've never been there I, right i've i have been there for the four cycle showdown that they have every okay. year back in 2020 so we ran there with we went down with like 20 people from our club in minnesota which was fun but i've heard good things about cal speed and sonoma i know friends who have run nationally have both run there but i think phoenix is just has a flow to it that is so hard to come by that feels natural and it's just a really fun and challenging circuit well so, you ran yeah, that without in, a doubt phoenix you ran that in different configurations am i correct yeah we ran i think it was clockwise on we only we only did run the full track but it was clockwise on saturday and counterclockwise sunday okay so you've run it both direction okay yeah and that included the 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 uh the s's by the pit lane correct yeah, we did run the chicane there. Okay, that was fun. Yeah, so I've I've only done the clockwise direction, and I could never get through the hairpin to get on the long straight at all. <laughs> no, no, even in a two hundred six, what even when you do it, well, that's what I was it has racing. So was... little power, and it's like I I think I'm doing this right. I don't know if I am. Yeah, I was racing two hundred six. That was the challenge. I actually, had two hundred six when it was kind of that transition between uh, Rotax and Rock. And Briggs was brought on to kind of help, you know, fuel the fire for the challenge program. So I got to compete there. And again, I was, I'm a master's driver, but I was racing senior category. And, uh, there's just something I couldn't get through that hairpin. I think, I think now that I have some years now under my belt of sprint racing, the Briggs, I think, I think I could figure it out a little bit more, but that was certainly probably one of the toughest corners. My favorite corner though, was at the end of the straightaway with the, the Daytona corner with the uh, the banking coming off and and you're just you're just flat out all the way down the straightaway waiting to hit that corner and get through that fast as you can. Yeah, that one's fun. I we only again, we only did it in a 206. I can't imagine people doing that in either KA shifter X30. That would be fun to put it <laughs> one way, but without yeah. a doubt, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, again, 2023 calendars are continuing to come in. One of the latest ones is the Texas Sprint Racing Series. 
and they haven't announced their dates for the 2023 schedule. Uh, Nate, what are those uh, five race weekends for them? So, yeah, um, we're starting off things at NOLA Motorsports Park. That'll be March 24th through the 26th. May 26th through the 28th is Speed Sports. Next three dates aren't don't have confirmed tracks, but those will be June 30th through July 2nd, August 4th through the 6th, and then ending off their five-weekend season on September 15th through the 17th. Yeah, so again, starting off with NOLA Motorsports Park, that's going to be the warm-up for the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Winter National. So teams will be able to kick off both the Texas Sprint Racing Series and the SCUSA National Program down in the Big Easy during that uh, the same type of time period as 2022. So that'll be interesting. And then back to the, the Lone Star State and Speed Sports in the month of May. And that's actually, I think, Memorial weekend. So uh, it'll be a memorable weekend for competitors. They'll be on track all weekend long, but also watching probably the action at Monaco, the action at Indianapolis, and then the action again at Charlotte Motor Speedway that night. So certainly a a busy weekend then. I'm wondering uh, tracks to be announced. I'm going to assume that North Texas Cartways is going to be in there, but it'll be interesting to see what they fill in for August and September, I'm going to assume with Dallas Karting Complex getting a lot of the uh, doing the reconstruction, having the, the massive facility, adding essentially another racetrack on top of or uh, alongside of the one they already have. I got to assume that maybe Dallas Karting Complex could be one of those facilities that will be added for 2023. What are your thoughts on that, Nate? Yeah, so. I mean, last season we went to NTK, Armorello, and then Speed Sports again to end off the season. So I don't think they're going to do Speed Sports twice again. I think they're going to want a bit more variety. And then Armorello, there was a lot of talk about that track being in some financial issue and probably not going on to the calendar again. So I, obviously I think NTK will be on there, but then it does bring up two slots for different tracks. And I think you're right with your pick, but should be interesting to see what fills up the final one then. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And again, once those become confirmed, we'll uh, we'll have the information here on ecardingnews.com. So let's get into our first break here as we continue on with This Week in Carding, episode 49, September 14th. So a couple commercials here as we get into segment number two. Need race fuel or oil? Hyperfuels is an authorized distributor for several of the brands that are spec fluids in American karting, including Elf and Aspen Sport. They also stock and ship methanol. Hyperfuels has a web store that can take your orders 24-7, and they ship UPS. That's right, Hyperfuels can ship fuel and oil right to your door. Whether you need Elf Racing Fuels or Elf ATX 909 Oil, or Aspen Sport 98 Octane Fuel for Scusa Competition, they have it in stock. When you need it now, go to hyperfuels.com. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com 
where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store, and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Welcome back to This Week in Carding, episode number 49. It is September 14th, 2022. I am David Cole, joined by Nate Dean, getting an another podcast experience for yourself to uh, to get on the microphone. Again, we shut off the camera, so we don't necessarily have to look at each other while we're talking. So is that a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing, Nate? Oh, that's good. That, that's good. <laughs> it's good. I'm, I'm all cleaned up. I'm ready to go. I got I got a tennis match I got to go to later tonight for my son. So I'm all ready to go for that and pick up my my daughter from school. Um, and you're going to be getting ready to head to in a, in a car tomorrow to head to Newcastle Motorsports Park. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. But right now we'll do a couple of little uh, race reports that just happened uh, recently. Both over the Labor Day weekend, I was at the Rock Island Grand Prix, but also going on was the inaugural Lone Star Grand Prix at the Speed Sports Racing Park that we just talked about regarding the Texas Sprint Racing Series. They had a, a massive kind of one-off event planned for, for Labor Day weekend. Unfortunately, weather had a little bit to say on what happened at this racetrack. You know, Alan Rudolph had a, a great plan of having type of a triple crown type format over a two day span, including a practice day as well. Unfortunately, a big major rainstorm and it was, was making its way through the state of Texas. They kind of had to put everything all into one day to where I think they ran three different races in one day, uh, and didn't get done till I want to say 3 AM local time. So a bit crazy for, uh, the Lone Star Grand Prix and Labor Day weekend, but uh, a lot of money handed out. Uh, including a cash purse pre uh, courtesy of Ferguson Truck Center. So, uh, Nate, give us a little rundown on the five categories that they did have competing there this weekend or that weekend. Yeah. So, KA Senior was the one with the big cash prize. That was $5,000 for the winner, obviously going to Austin Garrison. Alex Stanfeld would come in third, and then rounding out that podium would be Peyton Phillips. Have KA Junior, Helio, I'm, you're going to have to yep. bear with Mesa. me. There. Yeah, Elo Meza win, took the win for KA Jr. $3,000 going to him, then Landon Skinner and Braden Domagu. Yep, Domagu. All right. Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Makes 206 senior. Aiden Rudolph taking that one. Again, Austin Garrison on the podium yet again in second. And then this is where I struggle. Bla yeah, Blaze Dornbaum <laughs> finished in the third spot. Uh, I think the the Mini Swift and Michael Swift are a little bit easier. Uh, Josie Chambers beat out Sawyer Chambers for the top spot ahead of David Yarbrough. And then in Micro Swift, it was Alex Chandler beating out Ash Aston Wyatt ahead of Cade Casper for the top three. And kind of an interesting weekend for Garrison. He actually ran on the GFC chassis, had trackside karting services, Tim Lobaugh there, 
Uh, he's one of the new dealers there that are working with uh, the GFC brand. So Gary Lobaugh was there with Tim Lobaugh <clears throat> having Austin Garrison driving both the KA senior category and in the Briggs 206 division as well. So a lot of experience there to be able to nearly pull off a $6,000 weekend, but still over $5,000 and a pretty cool cowboy hat for Austin Garrison to leave the Lone Star Grand Prix. Yeah, I can definitely say if I was running KA senior or Briggs 206 senior with Austin running, you know, you'd be like, all right, so we're just running for a second here. But yeah. <laughs> But, yeah. And again, in the wet conditions, you know, Austin, a Florida native, he's got a lot of experience there racing oh, yeah. in the wet weather. So that's good for a uh, good experience for him. And then again, Alex Stanfield second in that KA senior category. Good to see. I'm I'm wondering if I'm not sure how Aiden did in the KA 100 senior category. I'm sure he raced that, but uh, pretty good to pick up a victory at his home track along with Elio Meza uh, winning that junior division. So Again, a tough start to the inaugural Lone Star Grand Prix, but they got it in. They got it done. They handed out some cash, you know, well over $10,000 in money for sure, guaranteed. I, they were hoping to get more. Obviously, the, the weather kind of put a little damper on that. So uh, moving now to the other event that was going on Labor Day weekend, the Route 66 Sprint Series was at the Cart Circuit Autobahn in the Autobahn Country Club in Joliet, Illinois. Uh, racetrack I've been to once, but they totally have redone that facility uh, over the last couple of years. Certainly a, uh, a great cart rental track with uh, um, Alan Bertignoli there in charge, <clears throat> managing the racetrack and getting a great uh, CRG fleet of rental carts there. So they get a lot of rental carts. They got the Margate Night program there. So it's great to see uh, the Route 66 Sprint Series going to a facility like this. Uh, talk about some of the highlights from the uh, the Route 66 race there at Audubon, Nate. Yeah, so the big main event class, you can call it, K100. Uh, Brandon Lemke earning that title for the K100 class. In the junior class, Cameron Brinkman subbed for Ava Hansen and K8 Junior. Brinkman won both days, giving the title to Ava Hansen, and then height in 206 junior and mardon in k master double up on the weekend taking both day wins yeah malachi and Lorenzo got getting two wins on the weekend along with brinkman so they were kind of the big winners and then as you said lemke earning a victory on saturday and then able to clinch the ka 100 senior title on sunday that ka 100 senior category has been super massive at the route 66 program all season long 29 drivers there at Autobahn. I want to say they averaged over 30 at all the other events throughout the season. Again, it just kind of talks about how great the 100cc package has been for two-cycle racing, not only at the national level, but club and regional as well, too. Yeah, I know talking from experience from our club in Minnesota, the K100 is definitely on the rise, and I think it took off quite quick on the national and regional level side of things, but now it's starting to trickle into the grassroots and the club level type. And it's finally starting to get its strides, at least from what we're seeing. Yeah. And speaking of that club, the Stockholm Karting Center Club program, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in our next segment as uh, we're going to take another commercial break and get into segment number three of this week in karting episode number 49 on September 14th through 2022, and we'll be right back after this break. 
There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment, Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track and their karting lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT karting helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual density interior foam lining and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to stilohelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo, any competition, one helmet. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe North America and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro de Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parallel. For more information, head to ParallelUSA.com. We are back. This week in karting here, David Cole with Nate Dean, our editorial assistant with eCartingNews.com. Welcome. Thank you again for everyone for listening, whether you're on podcasts, whether you're on the ECAN radio network right now, whether uh, you, you're, again, going going to or from work or just listening to it at home. Thank you again for tuning in as we uh, provide you all the latest news and updates uh, within the sport of karting over the last week or so. Uh, one of the major events across the globe took part also Labor Day weekend was a uh, the KZ World Championship. It was also part of the KZ2 World Cup, KZ2 Masters World Cup, and the Academy Trophy finale held at Le Mans uh, International Karting Center in Le Mans, France. Uh, certainly one of the more profile, uh, historic karting facilities uh, in the world. Again, sitting there right next to the uh, 24-hour Le Mans uh, circuit. 
Uh, it's a, uh, this one was probably one of the biggest cart shifter cart events that we have seen in a very, very long time. Uh, you're talking what almost 40 KZ drivers. You had probably well over a hundred in the KZ two category, not to mention over 70 in the KZ two masters division as well. And then you add in the over 50 drivers representing all the different countries that are part of the Academy trophy, including United States and Canada and Mexico and other uh, countries that uh, we're familiar with in the Academy trophy program. So it's, it'd be interesting. I've never been to an event like this and I, I, I got to tell you that many shifter carts on a racetrack, the grip level has got to be insane. What do you think about that, Nate? No. Yeah. I can't imagine. I know we, there's been times where Scusa runs at uh, Newcastle and it gets really hot there for some nats and some, corners you can put your shoe down in a rubber patch and it just won't come back up i can't imagine on a hot august day in central france what kind of rubber is being put down on that lamas circuit but yeah it must be crazy and not not to mention they did get a lot of on and off rain uh that's something that's kind of synonymous with lamas and uh it no matter what event is there uh, whether it be car racing or cart racing and just something about rain always hitting that area. So that was something they had to deal with. All the competitors had to deal with as well. Uh, we'll get into uh, the results. Victor Gustaf, Gustafus, Gustafus, Gustaf, I can't say his name, man. Gustafsson. There we go. Uh, the Swedish CRG driver. Yeah, Swedish CRG driver <laughs> with the TM was able to pull off the world championship in the KZ category. Last year's Defending champion Noah Mila uh, finished runner-up with Jeremy Iglesias putting two uh, CRG drivers on the podium. So you had two Swedes and two CRGs on the podium, two TMs, and then a Vortex and Tony Kart to kind of wrap up the podium for that. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the racing. Were you able to, to watch any of the KZ stuff there? I tuned in a little bit, but we were also just busy that weekend. But I tuned in for like 10, 15 minutes. And of course, it's always, it's shifter card, it's FIA, it's Lamar. It's always good racing. Yeah. Simo Puhaka, a, uh, an- another notable name uh, across the globe in terms of carding. He actually announced his retirement prior to the event. He wrapped up his career with a fourth place finish. Uh, other notables in the event Pedro Hiltebrand finishing 11th, uh, Marnie Kremers 16th. Both of those drivers have been racing with PSL carding here excuse me, in the United States. So uh, again, top 20 finishes for them. A top 10 finish for a two-time former world champion, Lorenzo Travis Anutu, uh, finishing ninth on the Parolin. Uh, last year, Super Nationals winner, Matteo Vigiano, finishing 15th. And then Formula F1, former F1 driver, Jaime, uh, Algu- I, can't never, I can never say his right. Algaswari. Algaswari. Thank you. Thank you, Nate. Uh <laughs> finished 24th but just to be in the main event in the kz category you know uh, again he's not a full-time carter he's come back he's he's a technically i think a full-time dj and uh Mm -hmm. to come back and compete uh, with these uh world champion type caliber drivers certainly a a pretty cool program and then probably had a few f1 fans uh in the stands to kind of see what he could do yeah, the music producer who also did a bit of F1 on the side, Jaime Oswari, <laughs> competing. Um, but yeah, I th- I haven't followed his 
journey back into karting and racing as much. I know you're right in saying that he is starting to come back to it a little bit after his stint at Tor also in Formula One, which is it's good to see. He was a massive talent in the junior categories and never got a real shot in Formula One. So it's nice to see him back in karting and doing I mean twenty fourth at a national at a international event like this is pretty yeah, good world, still. Yeah, the world championship. Again, he I think he came back last year uh, but, uh, you know, some injuries kind of kept him sidelined for a little bit. And I'm, I'm assuming, uh, you know, he's still trying to get back into that prime, at least a little bit close to that prime performance that he could, could put down, uh, KZ two world cup program. That was won by Arthur Car Carbono, uh, the French driver on the CRG Christian Bertuca, uh, the Burrell art driver from Italy and Arvid Lin Lindbald. Lynn Blad, Lynn Blad, the the British driver on the Cart Republic, finishing third. I think Arvid is a uh, okay driver as well too, so uh, he's able to. Uh, he's going to be one of those drivers, I think, racing for the World Championships in the OK category here in this weekend. I believe yes, the World Championships are this weekend. Yeah, I think so. I think they're. I think they're at uh, Sarno, if I recall correctly. So yeah, I'll double, yeah, I'll, do yeah, yeah. I'll double check on that. I'm pretty sure it's this weekend because I noticed that uh, um, we'll we'll have to be uh, kind of keeping tune as to what's going on over there. Uh, KZ2 Masters made its debut this year, a new category, part of the FIA program to try and get uh, some of the older drivers or more established drivers uh, back into the limelight. The, the spotlight, as you will. Uh, Thomas Latour, uh, Sodi driver from Fran France, uh, was able to defend his home tour turf and score the inaugural victory over Eric Ramon, another French Sodi kart driver. And Thierry Del Rey, uh, the Belgian driver driving aboard the Mach 1, finishing in the third spot, it was actually powered by a Modena. So that was the only Modena on the podium throughout the three different shifter cart categories you had vortex and tm and then modena for del rey uh the, we had a number of americans in this category we had uh, jordan musser along with uh cliff coella and patrick otto madsen representing the united states we had also uh some Drivers from Mexico as well. Victor Yemenez from Mexico. He races here in the United States a lot. He ended up finishing in the 21st spot. One of the more notable names, though, that a lot of Supercarts USA racers will remember, Mark Mirko Mazzoni, uh, finishing in the sixth spot. Um, Mazzoni's been a, a Supercarts USA Masters driver for a number of years. And so P6, that's essentially the top finisher of names that we are, uh, know and are familiar with. For a, a seven-time world champion finishing in the 13th spot, he actually had contact with Jordan Musser during one of the heat races. That was one of Musser's bad finishes along with a carburation issue uh, in the superheat, which did not allow Musser to continue on. Otherwise, talking with Musser, he said he had probably top 10 pace to be able to compete. Uh, but again, the, the, the rubber, I think, was one of the biggest uh, hurdles that he had because, again, it's so hard to kind of replicate uh, that type of uh, atmosphere, that type of condition here in the United States. I, you know, again, like you said, I think you mentioned it, Supercarts USA at Newcastle is think, or even maybe Phoenix has been about the only time that we've come close to what we see over in Europe. Yeah. And 
obviously you can't replicate replicate it on a practice day. It's one of those things where it's it's I wouldn't say very rare, but it is rare when you have conditions that are that sticky and it only comes by every once a couple of years, really, with how rubbered up that track was at Lamont. And it's you have to learn on the fly. You have and it becomes who can improvise this the best and obviously just incredibly tricky conditions yeah certainly and then the rain as well too kind of throwing in the the wildness for that as well uh moving on to the final part the academy trophy program wrapped up its three-round program there in lamar uh representing the united states caleb gaffera uh he ended up recording a dnf after a tough weekend there in france uh, he got a lot of pizza, but not a lot of good results there this th- that weekend on the Labor Day weekend. Uh, ended up finishing P16 in the standings uh, for the championship. So not quite where he finished last year, but overall, you know, again, it's very tough to kind of get over there. Everybody's on the same equipment, so it's, it's fair in that end. But uh, a lot of drivers might have a little bit edge in terms of knowing the track. I believe Caleb was there at Lamar before, so it's not like he didn't know it. Just again, luck, racing luck didn't go his way. Uh, neither did it go for Mateus Orwella, uh, the Colombian who we have seen here race in the United States a number of times, actually winning Supercarts USA Winter Series Championship. He's won a number of times at the United States Pro Kart Series as well, too. He uh, recorded a DNF as well in the main event, but ended up finishing third in the championship standing. So, a great first year for Mateus in the junior category and part of the Academy Trophy as well. So it'll be interesting to see. We're going to see uh, Caleb this weekend. Uh, so we'll be able to get more info on, on how, how his weekend actually went. And uh, I wouldn't I would not doubt to see Mateus or Wayla either at both Rock Vegas and the Super Nationals 25 as well. Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that with the pizza comment is the food trucks they supply at Le Mans, at least come around for the 24, have some great pizza. So if they had them there for the cart race, I'm sure people enjoyed that. So you've been there. I have been I have been to Le Mans there. You we had the chance to we I have uh, the 2019 race where like GTE was still good. I had the chance to go run the cart circuit at rental carts, but at the same time the race was going on. So I'm like, yeah, just We'll go do that maybe not do rental carts right now but i've seen the track i've been there it look it does look incredibly fun i kind of wish i did go out and did a couple sessions but still yeah i gotta say if i ever get an opportunity to, to drive a track that i've never driven before i gotta do it no matter what's going on uh because i i've had regrets in the past for not doing that that same thing so <laughs> i'll tell you this nate next time you go to any international event and you get the opportunity to do a rental cart session definitely do it you got to do it because you you never know when you're going to be able to go back i'm sure i'm sure you're young enough to go to back to lamar and enjoy that so you'll you might have the opportunity to do that again no yeah next time next time we'll definitely do it it's just the line was <laughs> so long that was the thing oh without a doubt i don't doubt that as well so oh yeah i kind of teased it um you know you were talking about the local club that you are part of they actually had the uh, the t- 2022 showdown at Stockholm Karting Center. So give us a little bit more uh, details. You did a race report on that for eKartingNews.com. Give us some uh, insight into the event up there in middle of Minnesota. Yeah, so it was the third 
to last race weekend for the Stockholm Karting Center Racing Series. 98 entries, which is more on the high side of what we've had throughout the season. Biggest field was that to us that Briggs 206 senior category. 19 entries for that one. Has a bit of a different format to what you might expect. It's a two-day event, but it's one, it's counted as one race day. There's six heats. Heat one is obviously um determined your starting order is determined by qualifying the second through fifth heats you are determined by starting order but the front 50 percent gets a invert so it gives those in the midfield a better chance on competing and seeing some new faces up front up front which we did um chris linden in 206 heavy and ryan franke and skc outlaw were the only two to sweep the weekend colby Klemek in rookie two was one race away from making it a full sweep he got five heat wins and but just came short and then rookie one after the weekend 206 rookie one 206 senior and world formula masters fight title fights came closer than they've ever been we have had a race weekend since then but we do still have one more and yeah some always have great racing here i might be a little biased but the 206 classes in particular are always unpredictable and a must watch. Now you talk about six heat races. Um, is that a, f- that's the format I think that you kind of stole from the showdown that's down at the, uh, Phoenix cart racing association. Am I correct on that? Yeah, we did a nice little control C control V from <laughs> the West to Midwest on that one, but there they run different layouts. You guys stay, you I think you only have one, uh, layout possible up there at stockholm correct we have three different layouts possible we did run counterclockwise on saturday and then we switched to switch the direction to clockwise on sunday okay yeah that's that's got to be a little bit heck i mean it's great for tires because you know you're gonna wear down one side on one day and then you and you just go different directions so it helps kind of even out the wear that way but uh, oh, yeah it's it's certainly got to be uh, a little grueling because again six heat races over over two days. Club racers aren't typically used to that kind of uh, that amount of racing in two days, are they? No, and obviously we had well we had Saturday was the day of four heats, so that's when everyone gets a little okay. bit tired. You have you're up till about seven doing that, but a lot of them have been kind of going into regional series or like rock island or quincy i know a fair few of them have started to do to branch out to those regional series and i think it wasn't too much of a shock those longer races yeah it's still it does sound like a again kind of mixing things up changing it a bit as you said you have three different layouts to where it's not like newcastle where you have uh infinity amount of different layouts yeah. that you could possibly do. So again, a different format kind of changes things up and, and kind of puts an emphasis on one weekend uh, for the year. I know a lot of other clubs, they kind of have like that mid championship event where either they award double points or they just have a, a special trophy. So it's always good to kind of have that one special event outside the, the series finale and the championship as well. So uh, let's get into our third break of the show this week in carding episode number 49 on September 14th, 2022. And we'll have a little bit about uh, Carter's making the progression into the motorsports rank. And we'll wrap up the show with uh, our usual closing segments here on this week in carding. 
Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shipper car drivers are at the front of the field in the GT14 frame, with the SS31 a consistent contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the mini and micro classes utilizing the GFC RR5 cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with 28 years racing at the highest levels in the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC. GFC, live your passion. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Kart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full karting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Welcome back to our final segment of This Week in Karting, episode number 49. It is September 14th, 2022. I am David Cole with Nate Dean. Again, thank you for joining us, either listening on the ECAN Radio Network or through our podcast. Again, pick up the podcast anywhere you get your podcast, any platforms, iHeartRadio, Podbean, where we store our podcasts on or any other uh, services that you do download your podcast from. So a little bit of progression news here regarding drivers that are looking to make that that step up the ladder of the uh, the motorsports rank. Some excuse me, some big news coming out this week uh, as the Road to Indy announces Skip Barber Racing School as the official racing school beginning in the 2023 program or 2023 season. Yeah, so. Obviously, beginning in 2023, $100,000 scholarship to the champion of the Skip Barber Formula Race Series, and that'll be used to advance to the USF Juniors for the following season. I think, especially within karting, we've seen it the past couple of years, but it's kind of my go-to word, the involvement and that Skip Barber is putting into you know, carding and young talent and promoting that young talent is great to see. And it's definitely needed. So it's a great opportunity for those drivers to have. 
Yeah, Skip Barber Racing School, one of the more historic uh, programs here in North America in terms of developing drivers, not only young, but old as well, too. You know, any type of age uh, that you are, you are able to go and be part of the Skip Barber Racing School. And the Skip Barber Formula Race Series is certainly something that they've kind of reestablished and are trying to grow. We know back in the you know heydays of Skip Barber, there was a lot of names that came through there. Ryan Hunter Ray, AJ Elmendinger, some more recent names include Joseph Newgarden and Connor Daly. Uh, certainly, they know their way around uh, talent in helping to groom them towards the next step. And so it's going to be a really cool thing to kind of see drivers, especially carters, going to move that that want to go that open wheel route, start off and skip barber, get you know in, involved in that racing program be able to win that championship and move into the USF juniors program. The first step of the road to Indy program before moving on to USF 2000 and Indy pro 2000. So a very familiar, I guess, ladder system or format uh, that we've seen before. And it's kind of reestablishing here for 2023 season. So excited to see what happens with that. I know there, there are some current carters in the skip barber form of the race series right now. So I would expect to possibly see that program either double up in terms of former Carters or just numbers overall as uh, this uh, new scholarship program is kind of dangled in front of everybody. Um, Also, one of the other programs that eCarding News has been involved with over the last three seasons is the the Mazda's Club Racing Factory Team program. Again, the Mazda Shootout uh, spec MX five program is what we kind of have been involved with a little bit more. So then the MX five side of things, uh, you know, nominating a number of different carters to be part of this shootout and be part of the program. Well, when they announced the, the, the nine or the, the finalist, I guess, I guess they were nominees. So the nominees, it was probably a list of what, maybe about 40 different drivers that were part that have been part of carding. Uh, mm-hmm. and we're looking to be part of this program. Well, they narrowed it down to nine drivers that will compete at this year's shootout program. Who are those nine drivers, Nate? So those drivers being Chase Don- Jones, uh, Dalton Haynes, Finnegan Bailiff, along with other Bailiff, Gavin Bailiff, Hannah Greenmeyer, Hayden Jones, Macy Williams, Nolan Allison, and Reed Sweeney are your nine drivers. Yeah, all nine familiar drivers. We're all pretty familiar with those names, uh, especially Hannah Greenmeyer, the uh, last year's Supercards USA Pro Tour champion, and now one of the only two drivers to be in both EKN driver rankings for both shifter cart and tag as well. So certainly a well-rounded driver. I think Hannah's made great strides over the last couple of years. Uh, Hayden Jones finished second this year in the X30 Senior Pro Tour Championship uh, is going to be among those battling this weekend for the USP, USPKS uh, Championship program as well, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, one of the interesting names, Reed Sweeney. Um, a lot of, if you're not familiar with it, he's he's been part of the, the Margate Ignite program. One of the drivers that essentially has come up, started in the Ignite program in the cadet divisions, and has worked his way up through junior and now senior ranks. So it'll be interesting to see how he does and, and the feedback that uh, that we hear back from Mazda from him. But I know, you know, Macy Williams, she's been there before. Both Bailiff brothers, they have a lot of experience, so it'll be great to see them. Dalton Haynes, that's another great name. 
Uh, he, he made, you know, hit kind of his statement in the, in the sport of karting last year at the IME grand nationals, uh, you know, and then certainly has been among the, uh, the top contenders throughout the year. And then chase Jones, a, uh, that that's another unique name. He has a lot of dirt car experience. So making that transition, he, he grew up in karting. He's been, he did a lot of the street racing in Indiana. And I actually raced uh, alongside him in, uh, at the rock Island grand prix. I want to say it was yeah, 2013 when I ran the victory cart there, he was part of the, uh, the top cart USA program at that time. Um, you know, he's been, he's a big part of MPG motorsports right now, but also involved behind the wheel as well too. So, uh, excited to see what happens with this program. The date and location for the shootout has not yet been announced, so we'll get uh, more information on that. And we'll see who's able to follow in the footsteps of Nate Cicero and Weston Workman from last year and Alex Bird and Bryson Morris in 2020. So uh, excited to see uh, what comes from that. Any, uh, any kind of what maybe two or three names kind of stand out for you, uh, Nate? I mean, I think obviously the bailiffs are both very strong drivers that will be in contention for that. Hayden Jones, the past couple of years, watching him come up through the ranks has really gotten into his stride as of late and has been a front runner up in X30 and KA whenever he runs. Either of those two categories always to challenge up front the likes of Ryan Norberg. So I think he'll be one to look at. I th- if I had to pick at least one, I would put my money on Hayden, but we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll wait. And again, once we learn more about the date location of the shootout, we'll provide that with you. And of course, we'll be uh, anticipating the action that happens there. Uh, action in terms of ECAN editorial. Let's move into that segment. Uh, we ranked, uh, we got our recent shift or ECAN driver rankings for presented by Skip Barber Racing School for both shifter cart and tag. And number one, AJ Myers, number two, Marnie Kremers, and number three, Jake French in the shifter cart rankings. Nate, who are the top three that we have right now in tag? So staying at the front of AJ Myers that still leads Marnie Kremers in second and then Jake French in third for the tag driver rankings again with the number one spot Ryan Norberg still sitting pretty on that number one throne you have Jones and yeah Hayden Hayden Jones sitting there in second and then Thomas Nepfu uh, in the third spot the Canadian Uh, again he's been banking on results that he had at the end of last year and the beginning of this year he has not been in a cart since I want to say the Winter Nationals in NOLA. So again, that's a, it's a pretty good stout of a segment of results for him to be able to hold that third spot uh, heading into the final stretch of the 2022 season. So be interesting now that the the USF 2000 program has wrapped up. We'll see if uh, Netvu is uh, back behind the wheel of a cart here to wrap up the 2022 season. Uh, after that, we uh, are a new segment that we're going to be running over the next couple of months is the Drive to 25, Rob Howden's Super Nationals journey. We have part one and now actually part two that was just uh, published on the website here this morning uh, available for you to read. It talks about the uh, just the idea of Rob racing out to Super Nationals in part one. And then now in part two, he's going to be racing with Rollison Performance Group. So 
a, uh, a unique position for Rob to be announcer and racer at one of the biggest events in the world. Yeah. And it's been fun to see all of his updates and all the things he's been saying in the group chat, our little chat security can. And then obviously on his stories that everyone can see, it's been a bit of a journey for him. So it should be fun to see where he ends up essentially yeah. if he makes it to super Sunday. I'm going to be tired of looking at photos of gyms with, uh, with him for sure. <laughs> that's because that's going to be the one to say it. That's one, that's one place you have, you haven't seen me in probably well over a year. <laughs> <laughs> True. And then you, and you're too skinny. So you don't, I mean, you don't need a gym, do you? <laughs> no, I kind of just rely on race weekends and running to go and grab people out of the grass. So that's my workout. <laughs> Well, grabbing people out of the grass is not something you can do at the Rock Island Grand Prix because it's a street race. And again, if you're in the grass, that's not a great particular spot to be in. I do know of one driver that actually was in a tree on the weekend. And uh, luckily, everybody walked away clean and unharmed. And so it was overall a pretty good weekend. Uh, get all our coverage from the uh, the 2022 Extreme Rock Island Grand Prix up on the website as part of our ECAN editorial stuff that uh, we've produced over the last couple of weeks. Uh, getting into, excuse me, the ECAN podcast review again. This show and all our podcasts are available through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, and other podcast outlets. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give us a review. Make sure you download anything that you haven't listened to or downloaded recently to be able to be caught up with all the different podcasts we provide, including the last This Week in Karting, episode 48, and on August 24th. We uh, also have the face-to-face episode with Alan Rudolph of the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. We kind of previewed the Lone Star Grand Prix and kind of talked about the pro- the academy and also his race team that he's uh, working with out of the Speed Sports Racing Park there in New, Can- New Canny, Texas, uh, just north of Houston. And then also, you can outlap for Rock Island Grand Prix and also the debrief for the Rock Island Grand Prix and now the 100th episode of the debrief that was essentially if we go back to i think it was what 2017 when we first started doing podcasts the debrief was just going to be a regular podcast that we would go on and talk about things kind of similar to what we're doing now here with this week in carding we kind of morphed it into our post-race coverage to kind of talk about things that maybe we didn't get into details on the race report or things we might have missed uh, regarding the race report so again Crazy to be at episode 100 on the debrief. Nate, how many, what was your first podcast for eCarding News that you listened to? Do you remember that? It was after one of, I think it was after a WKA event in like 2018 or something. It might have. So you wanted to hear what we talked about about with you? Well, every driver needs to hear <laughs> praise about them. It's our egos are built off of it. Good. That is a very good point. Yes, we we are a way of building egos and deflating the egos as well as I try to deflate Rob's ego over and over again. So you'll get used to it when you uh, when you come hang out with us at Cup Cards here. We'll talk about that in a minute. So again, Ecan Radio Network, the only twenty four hours, seven days a week channel, promote uh, strictly carding radio station in the only carding radio station in the world. Again, you can listen to uh, This Week in Karting that we're talking about right now. It'll be playing on the radio here this week. We also have playing right now. 
the outlap for the United States Pro Kart Series that's playing right now on the ECAN Radio Network. We'll also have uh, the USPKS Live uh, Rewind that we'll have here on, I want to say, Friday. And then as we get into uh, race coverage, we'll have, you'll be able to listen to all the USPKS Live coverage all weekend long here on the ECAN Radio Network. So excited to see what's coming on ECAN. So let's talk about it. United States Pro Kart Series Heartland Grand Prix uh, at the Newcastle Motorsports Park, September 16th through the 18th. Nate, we are going to be trackside together for the first time as uh, EKN staff members. Yeah, exciting. I've never been to a, I've been to Newcastle. I've never been to a USPKS event, so that'll be a two first times for me. So really looking forward to this, and especially after the season USPKS has had, and this is going to be a champ. The final weekend championships decided it should be a good weekend to come. What are your thoughts on them racing the national layout? You know, that's been the standard since 2004, since we started racing at the Newcastle Motorsports Park again with the start finish line at the on the long pond straightaway. So you get the big draft coming out of I-70 to set up for some photo finishes. A lot of other programs, they've done the national reverse or they've done the super mile they, so they can include the ski jump. Some other programs have done kind of the shorter course. What Are, are you excited to see USPKS on what is the, the actual first layout of Newcastle? Or were you hoping for, for a little something different? I think coming at it from a driver's perspective, I would be happy that it's kind of going back to normal in quotes the track layout that i we've had for a long time before we start switching it up from a photographer and media perspective i'm a little annoyed we're not doing the ski jump but i'll get over that (laughs) well we we actually have some photos that we want to do on the ski jump so we'll, we'll hopefully we'll have that next week uh or over the weekend to be able to show uh all the ecan nation and viewers uh, what it is we were thinking of. Yeah, I get I get your point. There, it is pretty cool to to kind of watch carts go over the ski jump. To me, I I just I think it's too big of a racetrack. I think again, when you talk in terms of sprint racing, and I think you guys are kind of spoiled up there at Stockholm. You can see everything from the top of the hill looking down on the racetrack. It makes for yeah. an easy viewing area. Where Newcastle is a little bit harder, and then when you start doing the super mile on the ski jump it gets kind of where you're only getting maybe 50% of the racing. Yeah. And I do the announcing for Stockholm. So I could not be more spoiled with (laughs) my home track and the view I get there, which yeah, Newcastle, when it kind of goes into that, the non-traditional layout, I could definitely see how that gets a bit, I can't really see what's going on here. What do I say? You have no, yeah, there's definitely blind spots no matter where you are on the racetrack unless you're sitting on i-70 watching the race so <laughs> that might be the only best perspective uh unless you're on a really Mo. big ladder in the scoreboard that, corner that too good point yes in scoreboard yep or uh in cell tower i think cell tower would probably True. be if you're actually up on the cell tower maybe that's the best <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah again we will be at newcastle multiple times over the next four weeks including especially myself me and you will be there this weekend. We will also be there for the Cup Carts North America Grand National 6 at the Newcastle Motorsports Park. That's going to begin September 29th, a Thursday, with unofficial practice. And we'll run through October 2nd, which uh, will host the main events on that Sunday. 
Nate, uh, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Rob's going to be there. So it'll be the full EKN crew. Uh, we're going to, some of us will be racing some, and, and then when we're not racing, we're going to be covering the event. So it's going to be a busy and fun filled weekend. Yeah. Really, really looking forward to that. I know a lot of people from our home track go there and have a fun time when it doesn't rain. So <laughs> hopefully I can, me being the person who absolutely loves driving in the rain can bring some dry weather. Just, but Hey, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing you and Rob and just all the people from our track. It should be a very, very fun event. All right. Are there any masters guys I got to watch from the, from your racetrack? Uh, masters. I don't think so. Okay, I think, good, good. yeah, I think you're good on the master side of things. All right. Good, good, good. All right. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping, yeah, I do hope the rain stays away. It's been uh, a rained, rainy event over the last couple of years. So hopefully we'll, we'll keep that away. But, uh, you know, they're just about to hit that 300 mark in terms of entries for the eight different categories that are going to be competing. Eight different Briggs and Stratton 206 categories on the weekend. I think we'll, we'll probably hit that 350 mark and exceed last year's 327 i think has was the total entry so uh that's that's certainly on the horizon and we'll we'll talk more about that hopefully we'll get greg jasperson on for a face-to-face and then of course we'll have our outlap podcast i'm sure all three of us will have to be on that show so we'll be able to fill everybody in on what we're going to be able to provide and who who we can talk about uh heading into that event and then the weekend after that, uh, Rob will be staying in uh, the Newcastle area. I will head home for a couple of days and then head back for the October 7th through 9th weekend at Newcastle Motorsports Park as we brought or provide live coverage of the Rotax U.S. Trophy Final. It'll be the location for 12 different Rotax Grand Final tickets to be awarded for competitors to compete at the 2022 Rotax Max Challenge Grand Finals at Portimao, Portugal later this November. So I tell you what, Nate, this is there's no other event like this where obviously this is a little different. It's not the U.S. Grand Nationals, but it's very similar to that. But just seeing the excitement of drivers winning a ticket to the Rotax Grand Finals, uh, there's certainly nothing like it. Yeah, and the event in Portimao is one that I haven't watched or followed too much in recent years. So it's one I, with all the excitement building and all the hype on social media coming up, it's one that I'm very much looking forward to. Oh, you, you're you going to get full coverage because you're going to be watching it while I sleep because of the time difference. So <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, that, that it's been one of the hardest things to do, but it's enjoyable because it. I, you know, to get up at two in the morning and to watch karting, uh, you know, on the other side of the world and to watch USA drivers, Canada drivers, or just drivers I'm very familiar with. And just watching this unique, the Olympics of karting going on, there's certainly nothing like it. And I gladly will get up early in the morning to watch this. And, and, uh, so hopefully me and you will be able to watch it together and kind of talk you know, over instant message about, about the event and kind of be able to work together and provide that coverage for, for that event. And hopefully, you know, at the Rotax us trophy final, have a number of USA drivers earning tickets. So we'll be able to pump up another great, uh, team USA program heading over to Portimao, Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we can see some representation of the United States over there and hopefully can bring home some hardware. So that is it for this week in karting episode number 49. 
September 14th, 2022. Again, a busy couple of weeks coming up. So we'll have a lot more podcasts. We'll have a lot more uh, face-to-face. We'll have a lot more content coming your way. Busy, busy next four weeks here for eCardingNews.com. So for again, follow us on social media. Make sure you stay up to date with what's going on on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, again, we'll have full coverage this weekend from Newcastle Motorsports Park for the United States Pro Card Series Heartland Grand Prix. So on behalf of Nate Dean, I'm David Cole. Thank you again for tuning in to This Week in Karting.